What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. You know what? If I'd pull my mic down to my mouth, I would. Uh, you'd probably be able to hear me. Hey! Live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kenston, North Carolina. Today is Tuesday, January the 23rd in the year of the Lord 2024. This is episode 1007, 1007 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, why they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for today's birthday game. Man, we've got another great show for you today, and it is going to go by so fast. I can promise you that. Joining me in less than 20 minutes right now on our uh, Spence Automotive guest line will be the uh, news director of the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He is our resident NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark. Man, you want to talk about having him on at the perfect time on this Tuesday morning or this uh, on this Tuesday if you're listening to us sometime throughout the day. It doesn't get any bigger than this, man. Uh, some very big games last night. How about history made last night? Something happened last night that hadn't happened since 1978 in the uh, NBA. We'll get, yeah, heck, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Joel Embiid last night goes for 70 points. 70 points. How crazy is that? 70 points, 18 rebounds, five assists. Now that's stuff in a stat, stat sheet right there. Uh, his 76ers beat San Antonio last night, 133 to 123. He's only the ninth player in league history to score 70 points in a game. Uh, and that wasn't the thing that happened since 1978. How about this? Carl Anthony Towns last night goes for 62. However, the Minnesota his Minnesota Timberwolves lose to uh, our Charlotte Hornets last night in Minnesota, 128 to 125. That was the last time two NBA players scored 60-plus points in a game on the same night. Now, this is according to ESPN. And, heck, if you can't trust ESPN, who can you trust? Uh, the last time that happened, though, was in 1978 when David Thompson scored 73 points in a game uh, for the Denver Nuggets. And George Gervin scored 62 points in a game for San Antonio 46 years ago. So, again, man, what a, what a, a great stat. And, a great night for the NBA last night. We'll talk to Rich about all that, about a bunch of other stuff, too. We'll get some NFL talk out of him. Um, man, Carolina Tar Heels last night. Uh, I, I've, if you're not a Carolina fan, and God knows I'm not, I mean, I respect the heck out of them, but uh, I can't necessarily say I'm a fan. You've got to respect what they're doing, though. Uh, they are dominating the ACC this year, and uh, I think a, a lot of really good things. And if you watched any of last night's game, and I pretty much watched – the entire second half of last night's game, Carolina looks good. I mean, really, really, really good. Uh, but we'll get to more of that in a little bit. And like I said, we're going to talk to Rich about all that when he comes up with us here in about a little more than 15 minutes or so. So 
Some big news that came out yesterday in our little patch of heaven, though, uh, and I'm not sure. And there was uh, several big things that happened yesterday. Uh, but the biggest one to me is um, it's time for Fat Boy to talk a little bit here. Man, we are getting a Biscuitville in Kinston. It is finally happening. There have been rumors about it out there for a while. And the fact that it's going to be just uh, about a mile, mile and a half from where I live is even just more incredible. Um, it's going to be uh, located. That's right, Keith Spence, man. You are going to be eating at Biscuitville every single morning. Uh when they get it built because it's going to be within sight distance of uh, Spence Automotive, but uh, it's going to be in the plaza portion of Kinston at the intersection of Heritage Boulevard or Her- and uh, Cary Road. Heritage Avenue? Car- Heritage Boulevard? Heritage. Let's just say Heritage and Cary Road. And uh, joining us in the second hour to talk about that and a bunch of other stuff is going to be uh, a gentleman making his uh, Brian Hanks show debut. And I don't know. It's just one of these... That somehow you wonder how did the, how's it taking so long for this person to be a guest on the show? Uh, Graham Spear of uh, Perry Management, he will be joining us uh, live here on the show on our Spence Automotive guest line. I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, I've known Graham since I got here to Kinston uh, a little over twenty twenty one years ago, and uh, he's got a lot of sports ties in his life. Uh, his father uh, now this is before I got here, but I understand that his father was uh, ran a popular sporting goods store. And I just can't wait to go down memory lane with Graham and just uh, find out. He's got a, a proud family history here in uh, Kinston, Lenore County. Can't wait to talk to him about all that. And, again, about the new Biscuitville coming to Kinston. Uh, Paul, you know, Paul Whittington, our uh, Friday guest, has one about a mile and a half from his home. So every time Linda and I go up there to uh, go visit with him, we make a point. Pretty much of getting uh, breakfast there every morning when we uh, visit with him. Uh, for years, the only one closest to eastern North Carolina were the ones, I guess there's like three straight exits on uh, <laughs> 40 where you could stop and get Biscuitville. And I, I discovered them uh, several years ago, just fell in love with them. I know Greenville's got a couple now. Uh, I'm just, this is what I'm anticipating. I know, uh, you know, I do a lot of work at ECU, uh, public address work and other stuff too. And every time I've tried to go to the, uh, to one of the Biscuitvilles in Greenville, heck, I went one morning on a cold, uh, it was last year, when, uh, back in the winter, on one of those cold, wintry-type mornings. Of course, we didn't get any snow. We're in eastern North Carolina. We don't get much snow. But I tried to go through a Biscuitville uh, drive through I was talking to Linda on the phone the whole time, and it took me like 45 minutes. Maybe it was even close to an hour, Linda. You'll have to remind me of that. But uh, I'm wondering how this is going to be uh, here in Kinston because I know it's going to be popularly uh, popularly uh, accepted here. Guys, do you remember what it was like when Little Caesars came here right there on uh, Vernon Avenue and they had to put a street sign out there, please don't park on the street, don't stop in the street to uh, <laughs> to get your Little Caesars. And that was Little Caesars. Nothing against Little Caesars, but that was Little Caesars. Imagine what's going to happen now with Biscuitville. I think they're putting it putting it in a good place, though. I'm hoping there's tons of parking out there. Uh, it's where an old Exxon used to be, or I think it's where an Exxon. Spence, help me out here, man. What what used to sit there on that spot where that Biscuitville is going? I cannot remember off the top of my head. 
So uh, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. And I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it to get built uh, when it's going to open. But we'll ask Graham Spear about all that when he joins us in the second hour. So uh, today's show, Richard Clark in our first hour, Graham Spear in our second hour, a very fun uh, birthday game uh, there at the tail end of the second hour. And it's going to be a, another fast, awesome show. Okay, uh, underdog fantasy. I, let me uh, let me uh, let uh, tell you a little bit about it, and then I'll uh, get personal calls. Uh, your boy won a hundred and eighty dollars last night. That's right, a hundred and eighty dollars last night. The NBA season is still here, and there's no easier way to get in on the action than with underdog fantasy in their pick'em game. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. All you have to do is pick between two to five players, select higher or lower on player stats, and if your picks hit, you can win up to 100 times your money. The best part is it's legal in North Carolina, and it's a ton of fun to play along as you watch our Charlotte Hornets. Underdog is super easy to play, and it's even easier to get started. Go to their easy-to-use mobile app or to underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code HANKS, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Plus, they'll give you a special pick of higher than 0.5 total points to use on your first pick entry. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code HANKS to get your first deposit of $10 or more up to $100 doubled. Plus, your special pick. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. I'm having a lot of fun playing underdog fantasy, and you will too. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com and use promo code HANKS. And let me tell you something. I was a big winner last night. I played three. You know, I've tried to tell you guys, uh, these little secrets I'm learning from playing underdog, uh, Jason Bryant will be with me on Thursday show and we will definitely uh, be breaking it down a lot cause he's playing it as much as I am right now. But my little secret is that I've been trying to tell y'all don't, I mean, now if you feel confident about it, go for the five picks, you can make a ton of money from it. But I've been, I wouldn't say nickel and diming it because I won $180 last night, but, um, uh, uh, I did three games last night. Uh, I did, uh, I'm here look, trying to find it. I'm sorry, I played two games last night. I'm sorry, I won 105 last night. I'm up $180 overall right now. I did uh, two NBA. I did, uh, da, 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 as I'm trying to get it to open, Harrison Barnes more than two and a half first quarter points last night. Well, he ended up with 12. How about Sadiq Bay last night? I had him. With uh, more than three and a half first quarter points, he barely came through for me and got four for me. But I did two picks. I invested twenty five dollars. I made seventy five off of that. Uh, last night, also I did uh, da, 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 Devin Booker. They now when you play a little bit, they'll give you these special ones for like as you just heard me talking about there, more than a half point, and you can make a bet on that. I did that with Devin Booker that he would score them more than a half point. Last night, and sure enough, he did. He ended up with seven, but hey, that was more than a half point. I won that one. I also had R.J. Barrett with more or higher than nine and a half rebounds and assists. He ended up with exactly 10, so I got that. And I also had Kevin Durant 
with uh, higher than 5.0 points. Well, they called that a uh, a uh, a push, I guess, or whatever. I'm, I'm, or it ended up exactly he had five. So they give you the half points for that. So I made 60 off that. So how about that? $135 that I made last night on, uh, and that's the only two games that I played. I'm up 180 overall since I started playing last week. I am having a blast with it. Let me tell you something. If my dumb butt can uh, do well on this, Imagine how you can do as smart as you are, uh, dear listener. So uh, check it out. Again, uh, underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Use promo code HANKS. I uh, have had several people tell me it's, it's so easy to do. It's what I did, too. Heck, I used promo code HANKS when I did it. Jason's playing. And uh, we're all having a lot of fun with it. And it does. It, it makes, like NBA, I mean, I, I'm a pretty big NBA fan. But, man, when I've got League Pass on and I'm watching some of these and my my uh, my my games are coming through for me there, my picks are coming through for me, it makes the game that much more fun. So there you go. Okay. Uh, listen, we told you about Biscuitville coming to Kenston. How about this? Another huge news that came out yesterday, sand in the streets, which I have just absolutely missed. I mean, I tried to... I'm not saying I went out to every single sand in the streets, but I tell you what, I went out to about 60 or 70% of them. Uh, it's coming back this summer. Man, got to give some love uh, to a new organization called Kenston Strong. Uh, Zach Holcomb is uh, part of that, and uh, they're bringing back sand in the streets this summer. I can already tell you, I told him, I don't mind telling y'all, the Brian Hanks Show is going to be a huge supporter of uh, that effort. We're going to uh, help promote it, and let's get people in downtown Kenston enjoying live music. You remember how awesome Brad Strong was uh, honoring the memory of Brad Elmore this past October when we had thousands of people out there enjoying live music. Uh, that's what this is going to be, probably, obviously, on a smaller scale. There'll probably only be one band a week, but, uh, man, very, very much looking forward to this. Uh, just... Uh, I mean, kudos to uh, Zach Hawkham and uh, all the f uh, folks over there at Kinston Strong, a new organization that are putting this thing together. And again, uh, as we get closer to it, and this is going to be this summer. I mean, we're still probably four or five months away from it. But uh, go ahead and be making your plans now on Thursday nights when the uh, Down East Wood Ducks are not in town. In fact, they're doing it. They are looking at eight different dates this summer that the uh, Wood Ducks will not be in town. Uh, we'll have, listen, you'll on a, every Thursday night, you'll either have uh, the Down East Wood Ducks playing over at Historic Granger Stadium, or you're going to have uh, this Kinston Strong effort to have uh, sand in the streets. So Thursday nights this summer are going to be packed. Go ahead. Don't plan anything right now, except for either going out to see a Wood Ducks game or going out to sand in the streets. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get you caught up on everything here. The uh, LCC men's basketball team, uh, they play today at Bryant and Stratton. They are 10-6 and six overall, uh, I believe 8-4 and four in Region 10. And, again, uh, they are at Bryant and Stratton today. And then they play Saturday at Catawba Valley Community College in, uh, in the Hickory area. Uh, their next home game, their next – now, it's going to be a while, Tuesday, February the 6th. So, uh, what, two weeks from – today uh, until we get to see our uh, lancers back here at home but go ahead and be go ahead and be planning for that too they'll take on Fayetteville Tech that day uh, the ECU men's basketball team has lost three straight games but they are at Wichita State uh, tomorrow on Wednesday at 7 30 but they'll be back home Saturday at five o'clock that will be on ESPN too the ECU women's basketball team is 10 and 7 overall they're three and three in the American Conference they're on the road for two games this week. They'll play at Florida Atlantic Thursday at 5 o'clock. 
And then they'll be at South Florida Saturday at noon. That game will be on ESPNU. So you'll be able to watch both ECU men's uh, basketball teams, uh, men's and women's. And I should have said the ECU men's basketball team, they're 9-10 and 10 overall. They're 2-4 and four in the American Conference. Uh, they play at 5 o'clock on ESPN2 against Temple. But the ECU women's basketball team will be at South Florida Saturday at noon on ESPNU. Man, I teased it a little bit ago. Uh, let me tell you something, man. If you're an ABC person like uh, Linda, who has already uh, messaged me and told me that <laughs> that she is, uh, you're not real happy right now because uh, Carolina, they are playing some amazing basketball right now. They defeated uh, Wake Forest last night in Chapel Hill, 85-64. to 64. Third ranked North Carolina came out yesterday that they're the number three team in the nation. Uh, Wake Forest is having a pretty doggone good season of their own. Uh, they're 13 and well, they fell to 13 and six, five and three in the ACC after that loss last night. But Wake Forest actually led North Carolina 34 to 33 at halftime last night. And then the Tar Heels just came out and just ran them out of the building, scored 52 points in the second half and won, like I said, 85 to 64 RJ Davis last night, man, 36 points, career high, 36 points for him. And again, uh, I'll, I'll even say us, all of us fans of, uh, uh, of ABC of, uh, pulling against Carolina. Uh, it is what it is, but I'm telling you something, they are good this year. And, uh, I, I gotta tell you, I, I don't, I see them going deep in the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to, you know, declare them a national champion here on January 23rd, but I'll tell you what, they're the best national championship candidate we have from the ACC right now, and that's for doggone sure. Hey, uh, a busy game of nights tonight and tomorrow night. Four games tonight, four games tomorrow. Duke, who is really struggling right now, fell out of the top ten yesterday after that loss to Pittsburgh on Saturday. They are at Louisville tonight. Uh, Duke is 13-4 and four overall. They're 4-2 and two in the ACC, and they are at Louisville, who's 6-12 and 12 overall, 1-6 in the ACC. got to think. It's a pretty good chance for uh, for Duke to get back on uh, the winning track. But, man, as bad as they're playing right now, who knows? Uh, other games, uh, that game's at 7 o'clock tonight. Duke-Louisville will be on the ACC network. Uh, we've got two other 7 o'clock games tonight in the ACC. Pitt is at Georgia Tech. That will be on ESPNU. Florida State is at Syracuse. That will be on ESPN2. And then the 9 o'clock game on the ACC Network tonight is Boston College at Virginia Tech. Uh, and then uh, another, like I said, well, I'm sorry, two games tomorrow night. Not four, but two games tomorrow night. Greg Clemens, we're going to have to put us a friendly little wager on this one. Uh, NC State is at Virginia tomorrow, and it's uh, it'll be uh, a game for uh, postseason uh, scheduling there because NC State 13-5 and five overall. They're 5-2 and two in the ACC. Uh, Virginia 13 and five overall, but they're four and three in the ACC should be a, a fun game tomorrow night. And Mr. Clemens and I, we, we've got to, we've got to make us a friendly little wager here. And, uh, uh, between his Wolfies and my Cavahoos, uh, again, that game's at seven o'clock tomorrow night on the ACC network on ESPN two tomorrow night will be uh, Miami at Notre Dame. So, uh, there is your ACC update. Uh, your Carolina Hurricanes, they are still in fifth place in the Eastern Conference or third in the Metropolitan Division. The Canes are at Boston tomorrow night on Wednesday night. Then they start another homestand. They just finished a six-game homestand. They'll start a five-game homestand that'll have the uh, NHL All-Star game slap dab in the middle of it. 
Uh, they play Thursday versus the New Jersey Devils at home, and then on Saturday against the Arizona Coyotes, then it'll be the NHL All-Star break. High school basketball, by God, you'll be able to hear it right here on uh, betonthebull.com, 9.60 a.m., and it is, I tell you what, we had North and North, South and North this past Friday, which was a lot of fun listening to Barry and uh, his nephew, Austin Terrell, and uh, the folks call that game. How about this? It's Kinston at North Lenore tonight, and it's revenge night for the Vikings. Uh, the Kinston boys are 12-3 and three overall. They're 5-0 and oh in the East Central 2A. They'll be taking on North Lenore, who is 6-10 and 10 overall, 2-3 and three in league play. Uh, that, uh, like I said, will be broadcast right here on betonthebull.com. Approximately 6 o'clock or so, uh, just tune in. You can listen to, to some VSIN before the game comes on. It'll be Barry Stallings and Harlan Neal. And Jason Bryant will be bringing you that game from uh, Ken, or from North Lenore tonight. It should be a lot of fun. It's our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. The girls are also taking on each other. Uh, the Kenston girls are 10-6 and six overall. They're 2-3 in league play. The North Lenore girls are 5-10 and 10 overall. They're 1-4 in league play. Coming off a, a tough loss. <laughs> coming off a tough loss against South Lenore on Friday night. But uh, Kenston, North North, right here on betonthebull.com. Uh, got a, a call back here. Thank you, Mr. Clemens. Uh, he says he bets uh, Kevin Keats will find a way to screw up that game. I got to tell you, you're playing the God-fearing uh, Cavahoos of the University of Virginia. I think uh, my boy Tony Bennett's going to have something for y'all tomorrow night, but it should be a good game. Hey, uh, we, we need to make a little wager. Maybe we put a, a, a Lovick's uh, breakfast on it or something like that, but we got to figure out something, uh, Mr. Clemens, uh, that you and I are going to uh, wager on NC State Virginia. Hey, let's get back to high school basketball. We told you about Kinston, North and North, and that's the only game North and North is playing this week. Kinston, however will be at South Lenore Friday and then home Saturday against Wilmington, New Hanover. That should be, uh, it's going to be a busy, busy week for the Vikings. South Lenore, uh, they are off until this Friday when they take on Kinston. The boys at South Lenore are 3-13 and 13 overall. They're 0-6 in league play. The girls are 6-9 and nine overall. They're 2-4 and four in the East Central 2A. Parrot Academy, they are home today. Boys and girls, uh, the boys are uh <laughs> the boys are three and 12 overall at parrot academy uh, the girls are one and 12 uh pending a couple of results they're not doing a good job updating their max preps i i don't mean to tell on you there parrot academy but really the only parrot academy girls but the only program that's really not updating their max preps but they're, they're listed at one and 12 they're I, I don't know what the record is but they're home versus uh john paul ii out of greenville uh the boys of uh, J- jp2 are five and 11 the girls are 16 and 3, but that'll be at Parrot Academy tonight. You'll be able to hear Shane Albee on the mic for that. That should be fun. Parrot Academy, they're at Wilson Greenfield on Thursday and then at Cape Fear Academy in Wilmington on Friday. Bethel Christian Academy, uh, they played at uh, Greenville Christian Academy uh, last night. No results anywhere, uh, but they're at Wilson Christian on Friday. Green Central, uh, their boys and girls are both at North Pitt on Friday. The boys are seven and ten overall, two and three in league play. The Rams girls are five and eleven overall. They're two and three in the Eastern Plains two A. Aiden Grifton, uh, the Chargers boys and girls, they are home versus Washington. Uh, boys and girls today, uh, Aiden Grifton. Uh, they've been off for a while. They've been off for about a week and a half. Uh, they take on, like I said, uh, they take on Washington tonight at home. Uh, the Chargers boys are 11 and five overall. They're two and three. The Pampack boys are 11 and six overall. They're four and one 
in the Eastern Plains 2A. The uh, Aiden Grifton girls are 2-14 and 14 overall. They are 0-5 in the league, and the uh, Washington girls are 1-12 overall. They're 0-5 in the league, so somebody's getting a, a league win tonight. Aiden Grifton uh, gets back on the road on Friday when they travel to West Craven. And then finally, Jones Sr., the boys are 8-8 eight eight overall. They're 0-3 in the league. The girls are 3-11 overall. They're 0-3 in league play for Jones Sr. They travel to Chocowinity to take on Southside uh, today. Uh, Chocowinity, Southside, they're 3-13 thir- and 13 overall, 0-2 uh, in league play. The boys are, and then the girls are 10-5 overall. They're 0-2 in league play. And the Trojans, busy week for them. Uh, they uh, play tonight, like I said, at Chocowinity, their home uh, against Eastern Christian Homeschool on Thursday, then they're at Lejeune on Friday. I tell you what, we are going to uh, we'll catch up. Not nobody played last night of all our uh, hometown heroes, uh, but we'll catch you up with a little bit of our NBA uh, players on that. And Greg Clemens, come on, man! I am not ditching Lovix. I will be eating at Biscuitville a lot, though. Uh, no, I love Lovix, man. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not leaving them at all. But man, Biscuitville coming. And again, we'll be talking about that in our second hour. So, so, so excited about that. Okay, uh, let's get uh, Richard Clark up here on the line with us as we are uh, getting ready to talk about Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans and Reggie Bullock Jr. And then all the great things that happened last night too. But let me tell you about Lenore Community College. For more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. Find out how you can change your life today. And, uh, again, we do. We love LCC. Thank you so much for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show since pretty much the minute we went on the air back in December of 2019. And when I say it like that, it seems like a long time ago, doesn't it, Richard Clark? Well, that's because you're old, but yes. <laughs> hey, dude, right out of the gates, man. <laughs> I mean, like the, the opening salvo right out of the gates is because you're old. <laughs> All, all you needed to do was add a dog to that, and I would have just really been, uh, you know, <laughs> it's because if you ever, and I know you don't get a chance really to get to since you're down on the coast and everything, but you really need to listen to our birthday game every day because uh, pretty much every day there's a, a Richard Clark homage from uh, either uh, John Dawson or Jonathan Massey where, you know, they'll put their hand over the mic and they'll talk like this and say, hey, that's, that, that's the way it is, dog. You know, in, uh, well, <laughs> in, honor, in honor of you there. Uh, yeah, honor honor is probably not the word some people would use for that, but okay. <laughs> hey, it ain't nothing but love, man. It ain't nothing but love. Listen, we announced it on the show yesterday. Well, I'm sure you know me. I get something stuck in my crawl or stuck in my head. I, I have to keep bringing it up. Did you know? that uh, in the fourth quarter of uh, 2023, the number one most listened to show in Lenore County in Kinston was the Brian Hanks show. How about that, hey, dude? There you go, man. That's dude, something right there. I'm telling you, dude, beating the big blowtorch stations, I mean, even our sister station, you know, the 100,000-watt WRNS, we beat their morning show, we beat Bob 93.3, all the other stations uh, in our neck of the woods, dude, the number one morning show. And Richard Clark, the reason I bring this up, dude, you're part of it, man. I mean, you are part of the reason why we are number one, and I just wanted to on air thank you, okay? Uh, are we sure this ain't the one 
hour a week that it dips a little bit? Are we, are we not sure about that? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it is, uh, no, it is uh, our, the number one morning show. And, uh, nah, that's something to be proud of, man. Y'all should, y'all should be proud of what you did. Well, hey, what did I just say, dude? You're part of it too, man. So thank you. I really do appreciate you. Listen, before we even get in, we've got a lot of basketball stuff to talk, especially with some great things that happened last night. But, dude, uh, where are you on Biscuitville? Are you a fan of Biscuitville? Have you ever had Biscuitville before? Uh, what, 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 Come what, on now, really? Yeah, I know. Stupid really? Biscuit, dude, we're getting one in Kinston. Well, yeah, I heard that uh, through the grapevine, but <laughs> I'm curious. I don't know. Are they, are they a chain? Yes. Because the one I remember is the one in Martinsville near the racetrack. Oh, yeah. And and that was what I grew up with. We'd get that every time we went to the race. Um, but I've seen them in other places now, and I'm, I wasn't sure. It looks the same, So, but I wasn't sure if that was a franchise, how that worked. But if they're all the same, I'm probably going to hit that because there's one on the way to Charlotte if you go – not the, you know, the way through Rockingham and all that. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, there, there's two in Greenville now. I visited them. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Yes. There's two in Greenville. They opened them both late last year. And this is what I, I'd call it a little bit of concern. I was talking about it in my monologue, dude, we got a little Caesars here a couple of years ago. I don't even know four or five years ago. I, Jason, you're listening right now. Tell me how long ago it was. Uh, if you remember that we got the little Caesars, dude, it was so packed on Vernon Avenue that the little side street that takes you into little Caesars, dude, cars would be lined up there. And I'm talking, I'm not talking two or three cars. I'm talking 12, 15, 20 cars deep to get into the little Caesars. They even had to put a sign up that said no blocking traffic, uh, you know, to get into the water. Right. And kind of like that gas out there on 70 at the, near the Walmart. There you go, dude. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, absolutely. When it was built, that's my only concern with this. This is being built. You know where Spence Automotive is. Obviously, you've been out there yeah, several times. Yeah. You know where the Piggly Wiggly and all that is. Right there at that corner, a caddy corner from uh, where the uh, – Wells Fargo or the Wachovia, whatever you want to call it, used to be. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there used to be a gas station there. I believe an old Exxon station. It's been torn down several years ago, and that's where they're putting the new Biscuitville. And, oh, wow. Uh, dude, I, again, the only thing I'm concerned with is with, I mean, that's a pretty big uh, intersection right there. You know, with Heritage and Cary, I'm a little bit concerned about what it's going to do to traffic there, but, uh, man, I, I dude. I'm here for it. I love Biscuitville. I was talking about in our monologue. Every time we go up to There's Saturday, another 10 pounds I don't need. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know if you saw what I put on Facebook yesterday, but I was like, uh, 300 pounds, here I come. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> a quick, quick aside on um, how great of a business transformation was Little Caesars. You and I are old enough to remember when they were about to go out of business. Oh, yeah. And, and then they came up with that $5 pizza, and it completely rebranded them. And, uh, you know, just a quick aside on that. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. And like I said, even to the point where <laughs> there's so much business that are, it's, it's died down a little bit. You don't see the cars, you know, uh, stopping traffic on, uh, on heritage anymore or heritage or Vernon or anything anymore. But I mean, dude, there was a period there. Like I said, it was so bad. There is a street sign. I mean, I'm assuming a city of Kenston street sign that says, do not block traffic to go into this business or something like that. How crazy is that? Wow. Yeah. Well, I can't. Yeah, I might be get over there and check it out, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's definitely when Biscuitville gets here, dude. I, and I'm just glad. You know what? I think that's going to be a boon 
for uh, businesses over there. You remember that neck of the woods? I mean, when you worked at the Free Press, I mean, I know, uh, I'm pretty sure you were like me, man. I mean, I used to see the Piggly Wiggly twice a week out there at the plaza, dude. And Well, my, mine was Wendy's because at that yep, time I was yep. working in the evenings. I didn't get off till midnight, and that was about the only thing open in Kingston back then. Yeah, ding, 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 dude. And I just, I think it's, I, <coughs> I'd heard there was one coming and I kept being worried they were going to put it out in the Walmart area. And I'm just, dude, I'm just glad that that is going to be something good. That's going to help that, uh, the plaza section of, uh, Kenston over there. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. Well, what you go to man at Biscuitville? Cause I'll tell you mine, man, it's the ultimate country ham biscuit. It's like eight pieces. Of, it's not really eight. It's probably four pieces of country ham, two fried eggs, Three or four pieces of cheese, dude. I think you're allowed to have 2,200 calories in a day. I'm not so sure that's not 2,200 calories right there in one biscuit, dude. Oh well, that that's my go-to because um, <laughs> you know, as you know, country ham is is hard to find nowadays. It's not like it used to be. You can't get it wherever you know, and really like Hardee's and uh, Bojangles, the only ones that have it. Uh, so if Biscuitville is in the in the mix now, I'm all in. So. Oh. Dude, I tell you what, man, you'll have to come over here and I will uh I will treat you to a Biscuitville breakfast. How about that, dude? That, that's exactly what I need with my <laughs> round self. <laughs> I know, man. Okay. Uh we've got Richard Clark on here. We don't have him on here to talk about Biscuitville and breakfast and all that, although man, some Biscuitville right now would be very good. Dude, I got to tell you, man, uh, last night, what a crazy night. And as I said in my monologue, man, just a perfect time to have you on with what happened. We had a historic night. Something happened last night that hadn't happened since 1978. And that is two NBA players to uh, go more, to score more than 60 points in a game in the same night. Uh, dude, do you remember the last time it happened? We were alive, believe oh, it or not. You know I do. Come on now. Yeah. But, dude, George Gervin and David Thompson. How about that? There you go, man. 46 years ago, the two guys that do it last night, Joel and Bede last night, 70 points for him. How about this for a line, dude? 70 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, and a 133-23 win over San Antonio. Uh, He's only the ninth player in league history to do it. You know, you and I, we talk uh, NBA every week, and nothing against I'm not denigrating uh, Joel and Bede, but – I'm not sure. Has his name even come up in the this season since we've been talking? Well, probably not with us, but he's in the MVP conversation. He's probably the leader now, but he was hurt for a little bit. He missed some games, so that's probably why we didn't mention him as much as we had some of the other people. Where does he stand? You just mentioned, and I know uh, you and I. Right now, he's probably the front runner. Okay. With, who he's the playing other, the best he's ever played. Who are the other candidates? Um, obviously Joker's in the mix. Um, Jason Tatum's probably in the mix just because they got the best record and he's playing well. And then Shea Gildress is in the mix. Okay. Well, that's probably the four front runners right now with Embiid being the top one. Well, again, 70 points. Listen to Greg Clements chimes in from right down where you're at. He's in uh, Swansboro and he, uh, just wanted to remind everybody that David Thompson went to NC state. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> he is our resident Wolfie here on the show. So, uh, thank you, Mr. Clements for that. But, uh, I don't know. Like I said, dude, I, maybe it's because Embiid is just not, he's not flashy. He's really not. I mean, he, he goes out there, he does his job kind of like uh, Jokic does, uh, the Joker does. Neither one of them, in my opinion, are, you know, these flashy, you know, spectacular dunks. They just go out, they do their job. But man, when you do 70 and 18, 
And heck, throw in five assists in there too. Uh, how how special of a night was that for him last night, Richard Clark? From a personal standpoint, I imagine it'll be something he'll remember. Maybe not right now, but down the road when he retires and so forth. I think for him at this point, it's really about playoff success. So I'm not sure that this will really matter if he never has any of that down the road, put it that way. Um, indeed, I, he's not my favorite guy to watch. He he plays, he flops too much. I, I, that annoys me when you're the biggest guy out there. But he's clearly offensively got a skill set that very few guys have even – and then when you put the fact in that he's the biggest guy in the league right now, um, you know, nobody has that. His, his jump shot and his moves around the basket are fantastic. He just doesn't play like Shaq, which is what I think some of us want when you see somebody that big. Um, I think that's the difference. Well, again, uh, plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. They're now 29-13 and 13 overall, four games behind Boston in the uh, Atlantic Division. And, uh, I mean, a team, they're, they're making the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that's going to probably oh, absolutely. go a, a round or two deep in the playoffs, right? I, I would suspect that they'll end up the two or three seed uh, would be my guess uh, if I had to. Because they're playing pretty well. They may be a move away, but they have a nice, you know, they, they had a, the addition by subtraction thing. Losing Harden actually opened up some things for uh, some of their other players, particularly Tyrese Maxey. So um, they're playing pretty well right now. But, again, this is a team much like my Cowboys in the NFL. You're not judged on the barometer of the regular season. It's strictly what are you going to do in the playoffs. Yeah. You're going to have to remind me how they do it in the the, uh, NBA with Boston and Philadelphia being in the same division. So could they be the number two seed or would they – the best they could be would be a four seed? No, they just – they just do top eight in okay. the NBA. Okay. Well, actually, it's top ten now because of the play-in. But, yeah, they just do a top eight. The two, Eastern and Western, they don't do it by division. You know what? Which is the way it should be. It really should be instead of the way the okay. NFL does it where if you finish second, I mean, you could have a 16-1 and one team and a 15-2 and two team, and if the 15-2 and two teams in the same division as 16-1, the best they can do is be the four seed in the playoffs. I've that's always right. thought that's ridiculous, man. So good, good, good on the NBA for that. Uh, well, I tell you what, let's talk about the other great game last night. Uh, although it ended up in a defeat, which I'll never understand how the Minnesota Timberwolves, the best team in the Western Conference right now, or are they? Let me check real quick. Yes, they're the number one seed in they the Western are. Conference at home against the Charlotte Hornets. And they lose 128 to 125, although Carl uh, Anthony Towns uh, goes for 62 points. First off, before we even talk about his great night, dude, how in the world do the Timberwolves lose to the lowly Charlotte Hornets, dude? Well, the easy answer is they've, they've been on the road a lot lately. Their schedule has been pretty intense. However, um, this is a team that loses focus from time to time. And I think that's because their leadership is on the young side. Uh, at least I hope that's what it is. Um, you know, they didn't play very well down the stretch of that game last night. And in overtime, nobody played well from the Timberwolves. So uh, it, it's it's going to be – I'm interested to see how they finish the season, put it that way. Yeah. Towns has been fantastic. But the reason he's been fantastic is because he's deferred to Anthony Edwards, who's been the guy. And everybody else kind of feeds off of him. Well, will this 62 change that dynamic? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
their towns go back to him believing that he's one of the elite guys in the league and thus creating the problems that Jim Wolves have had for the last five years. Well, there you go. Did you hear the uh, the call of Leaky Black's free throws and uh, that ended the game last night for the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> did not. Oh, dude, I hope <laughs> it'll go through here. Let me see if it'll go through. It's only seven seconds, dude, but it is the best. I, I retweeted it this morning. It's the best free throw play-by-play call of all time. Here we go. I, I hope you can hear it. He's never made a free throw as a pro, but he has now. Like <laughs> Could you hear that? Wow. Is that not all? He's never made a free throw ever, but he has now. Well, as you know a little bit, because you watch some of it, League Pass turned you on to these hometown announcers. And wow, there's some bad ones. And honestly, most of them are bad. Um, the, the Homer thing, I don't have a problem with that part of it. You know, that's what they are. But some of them are just not very good. And you kind of like Atlanta's got Dominique up there. Wow. Um, you know, could we just use his name? Do we have to have him doing the game? Because he's pretty bad. So, uh, Charlotte's is interesting. You're right. They're, they're interesting. The Pelicans are interesting as well. <laughs> Dude, I, you know what? And I think we – well, no, we did courts. We did courts with you. Uh, the best uh, – you ranked for the best courts. You know what? Maybe that's your homework assignment for next week, Rich, is to come up with your uh, – or have we done it? Man, dude, I'm, I'm getting so old. Like you said, as you came on the show today, I'm getting old. But – uh, have we done the, the best best and worst uh, league pass? We, we touched on it one time off the cuff um, because we had, you know, because we both have watched the Pelicans a fair amount. <laughs> and Anthony Daniels is, is an interesting character for that way. He is. So we touched is. on it a little bit. You know who's uh, probably one of the best, and it's because I got, you know, because Brandon played for him for a while. But the Lakers, the Lakers do a really good job with their – uh, pre and post game showing their announcers too, don't you think? Well, they're probably the best one. Yeah, but they also got guys that have actually done it, you know, at a bigger on a bigger scale. Um, you know, so it's just interesting the difference, the variations that you get. Because if you watch, like for instance, the Pelicans who we're talking about, you know, Anthony Daniels gets pretty excitable. <laughs> Whereas the flip side is watching Orlando Magic game. Um. They got like Jeff Turner and some other guy, and it's he, it, you're almost wondering if you're watching it in an old folks' home. <laughs> well, I, what, the one that I like, and don't get it twisted, is because I'm a Wahoo Wah guy, but uh, John Crotty in the Miami Heat. Uh, and for folks, <laughs> he's I think he's pretty good, though, dude. Your thoughts? Oh yeah, he, he's fine, and and I don't was it, it was Utah. I watched the Heat play Utah a couple weeks ago. And their broadcast team, who has Thoreau Bailey, shout out to Clemens. Yes. Um, they brought John Crotty over to be on their show for the third quarter. And um, it was it was interesting. Crotty's actually pretty good at it, though. He is, dude. was a heck of a point guard, too. And when you talk about the, the great point guards in, uh, in uh, Virginia history, I won't go as far as, say, ACC history. He's probably top 50% easily. But, dude, probably one of the three or four best point guards in Virginia history, don't you think? Probably. <laughs> probably number, you may be right, three. Because yeah. I'd put him behind OSL and I'd put him behind Wally Walker if you consider him a point guard. Um, Wally Walker, man. Talk about um, going down memory. Probably lane, it, right? Dude. Yeah, yeah. That'd probably be yeah. it. Uh, probably Alexander. it. Maybe Jeff Jones. 
Corey Alexander Jones was got to be really there. good, but I don't know. Would you consider Corey Alexander a point though? Because he, he shot. Yeah, a lot. Let, let's let's call him a point guard. But you know what? He's probably the best of the lot if you're like picking at a Sandlot game. Yeah. Um, you know, but Jeff Jones was really good. Yes, he was as a point guard in that era when they did what they do, where you walk across half court and hold up a number and pass the ball twenty five <laughs> times. All, all of that to just dump it into Ralph and hope he makes a shot. Well, let's uh, circle back to the uh, back to uh, NBA and last night's uh, two big games. The Timberwolves, man. I mean, you've talked about them several times here uh, on our Tuesday visits with you. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're not the Lakers or the Celtics or the 76ers or the Heat or, uh, you know, even the Spurs or, you know, these, uh, these blue blood NBA teams. I just don't, and especially when they lay an egg like they did last night, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Minnesota Timberwolves, dude. Do you? I, I do for one reason, okay. Anthony Edwards. Okay. If you watch him, he is, he might be the most athletic player in a league full of athletes. That kid is unbelievable. And he's a kid. He's 22. He just turned 22. Feels like he's been in the league 10 years. Um, he's just, They'll do something every once in a while where you're like, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? And, and you kind of left wanting more. But if you look at step back and look at his career arc, I think he's about to ascend to the top. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty close now. Um, he needs to get in the playoffs because that's where it matters when you want to be the guy. And I think when he gets to the playoffs and they need him to do Anthony Edwards stuff, I think maybe that's when his legend will begin. Because he like he threw one off the backboard the other day, in not not in full court fast break in a half court set. He he pump faked the guy going to his left at the free throw line. The guy went by. He threw it off the backboard and dunked it. Wow. Well, I, I mean, mean kid is. In all your visits, I doubt we've actually brought up. I think we've probably brought up their names, but man, when you do something on the same night, just like David Thompson and George Gervin did. Man, talk about those were the days. Yes, I'm putting that in air quotes there. But, man, David Thompson, George Gervin, those were two special players, weren't they, Rich? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, if you happen to have the NBA channel, their biography of the month is George Gervin. Oh. And, yeah, and you kind of forget. And they had a lot of ABA footage I'd never seen before. So I watched the whole thing. But I'll say this. Watching some of those early highlights of Gervin, I think Kevin Durant, the upgraded version, so to speak. They they similar in a lot of the stuff they do. I think if Gervin played today, he'd be a much bigger name, much bigger name. I mean, I, he hit, and one of the highlights, he had a free throw finger roll running across the lane perpendicular to the basket and flipped it up there from like his waist. And I was like, oh my Goodness, you know how hard that is. I mean, most of us couldn't stand at the at the Woodman Center over there and do that once out of twenty times. Dude, he just very special, and I, I vaguely remember him a little bit. I do, of course, I remember David Thompson. I'm from North Carolina, and uh, from Western North Carolina. On top of that, too, I worked in Shelby for a while, so I mean, I've heard all the legends of. Uh, you know, uh, there being a, a silver dollar on top of the backboard and him jumping up with one hand, taking the silver dollar off and laying four quarters on top of the backboard. 
Evidently, that's a true story, Richard Clark. And we're talking about uh, David Thompson. I, uh, hit his head on the rim one time. I, oh, dude, we're not talking he, about he, he hit was, his head on the backboard. He hit his head on the rim, Rich. Yeah, he, he, he was he was supposed to be, you know, Michael Jordan was his market correction. Yeah. Because that's who he was supposed to be. He just came up in a bad time. He did. And really we're not going to go into details other than just made some yeah. poor life decisions. And, I mean, it, yeah. it is what it is. But I tell you what. And who – dude, you said it. Who was Michael Jordan's hero growing up, dude? Yeah. I mean, that's he, that's who he was. That's who Jordan was. Obviously, Jordan morphed into something down the road. But you could see it. David Thompson was a dominant basketball player, particularly at his size. Because, you know, you watch some of the films. I think six four might have been being generous. You know, he oh. doesn't. He's not as big as he looks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some guys look big. He just didn't look big when you watch him play. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm googling as you're talking there, and I was going to do how tall was David Thompson. I do how tall was, and guess who the first person comes up is? What? Jane Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> who I was in love with back in the day. I might ask. <laughs> oh yeah, six four is what David Thompson listed. Okay, well, how tall was Jane Kennedy then? I would say every bit of 5'11". Uh, they say 5'10", 5'10". Yeah. But, I, but I'm with you, though, dude. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever, man. Dude, Jane Kennedy, she's... Uh, Love me some Jane Kennedy back in the day. Yeah, she was uh, she was lovely, man. There's something to be said for that. Anyway, anyway. Uh, but it, I guess the main reason I like bringing up that about David Thompson and George Gervin is, you know, we are... Such, and I'm even saying myself, I won't put you in this, dude, because you are, uh, you're a basketball historian. You appreciate all of it. But well, there are a lot of times, though, Rich, that I... Just I become like a, a a victim of the present or something like that. And I'm sure that's not the correct uh, turn of phrase there, but but you know that oh you know all the best basketball is played now you know and I try not to be that way because dude you know I'm a big fan of the '80s uh, basketball when we had you know Bird and Magic and Jordan was coming up at the time and you know Lakers versus Celtics and all that. How do you think? And this is my point in asking you this or bringing all that up, Rich is. How do you think, and I love that you brought it, but if David Thompson played in today's NBA, you already kind of mentioned George Gervin there a little bit, but how how good would David Thompson be in today's NBA, Rich? I think he would be top of the line. I mean, I, th I think any of these guys that were swing players back then, if you watch the game back then and go back and rewatch any of it, they were extremely limited by what they could do just because of the – manner that they were taught to play. And I think with the way the game is now, all these guys that could move and, and run and jump would have been just everything they had would have been exasperated a little bit more. Uh, David Thompson would have been great. It's like I've always said, people could say whatever they want. Jordan would average 50 today. I mean, there's no rim protection really anymore. Um, you know, and think about how all of those guys, the David Thompson – Go back and look at some of the pictures from the Maryland NC State basketball game. Yeah, I mean Maryland had Lynn Elmore and and uh, McMillan all up in David Thompson around the rim. Well, that doesn't happen today. You'd, you'd be lucky to have one guy challenge at the rim, much less two. So I just think he would have been fantastic in today's game. Well, uh, I'm with you, dude, and I wish there was some way we could do some kind of time. Well, you know what. And Quick to tie in, sorry to interrupt, but you know what? He actually would probably be a lot like Anthony Edwards. Wow. Because that's what Anthony, I'm telling you, man, when you watch Anthony Edwards move around the court, 
you just go, whoa, man, this guy's different. You can see it. And he's just learning how to play. And and David Thompson just had that explosion every once in a while that very few guys have. They just don't. We we talk about it all the time, but, you know, there are certain guys that just explode all of a sudden. You know what I mean? A young LeBron did it. Michael Jordan obviously did it. David Thompson had that as well. And, and I think the comparison to Anthony Edwards, maybe not right now, but maybe in a year or two, would probably be a good comparison. Well, I can't wait to see it for sure. Here, okay, so I've talked about bringing those players, you know, bringing the George Gervin and David Thompson. And, uh, heck, I'd like to see Isaiah Thomas play in today's NBA, dude, because I think he Oof. would be – I think he would be good, though, don't you? Uh, arguably the – well, I don't even know if that's arguable. I think he's the best small point guard, small guard period in, in NBA history. Allen Iverson? Who's better? Allen Iverson uh, I would put up there? Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah was better than him. Okay. Only because of longevity. Okay, okay. And everybody kind of forgets because of what happened with the bad boys. Go back and look at Isaiah's first, I don't know, four years. I mean, he was killing people. Remember yeah. when he played with Kelly Tribuca? Yes, I do. Dude, right. in fact, I, right now, as you say that, Rich, I am looking at my Kelly Tribuca bobblehead. My Charlotte Hornets <laughs> Kelly Tribuca bobblehead, man. Here, I'm going to pat and him on the, the head. the second best player on the team. I know, dude. And then he went to the Hornets and did all right for the Hornets. But dude, No, man. he was he had a good career for what he was. <laughs> for what he was, absolutely, dude. And that's right. When Isaiah, when Kelly Trapuga is your second best player and you're still winning a right. lot of games, yeah, that says a lot for uh, Isaiah for sure. Well, let's no. turn that around. God, dude, we're not going to get to anything. And it's my fault, but I, love, <laughs> but I love picking your brain about this stuff, dude. Okay, we're talking about bringing those players from the past into today's game. Okay, you and I, we're men of a certain generation. We grew up in the 80s and, uh, you know, really can't, you know, uh, we, we flowered, we blossomed as uh, teenagers in the 80s. I mean, that's probably a better way to describe it than that, Rich. But anyway, you know what I mean. But, you know, we grew up with the Celtics. Like I said, the Celtics and the Lakers and the 76ers and the Houston Rockets there in the middle of the 80s decade there and even into the 90s, but all that. But here's my question for you. What if you took LeBron and you put him back there in those 80s games? Uh, what if you took, uh, I don't know, the other great players, Steph Curry, and put him back in Steph, the uh, Steph is a different. Let's let's set Steph aside for okay. just a second. Okay. LeBron LeBron would be fine. Okay. I mean, you know, he he'd basically be a more what he is now a more athletic version of Magic. Um, James Harden would be fine. Guys that know how to play. Now the big men would be different. You don't have a lot of back to the basket anymore. So I'm not sure who would be able to make that transition back to playing on the block all the time. I set Steph, set, set Steph to the side because you and I both know there aren't five coaches that coached in the 80s that would have let Steph take those shots. <laughs> five? Heck, were there any? That, I'm, I'm being generous. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, they just wouldn't have. Um, I played – I hate to even put this out there. But I played <laughs> I played prior to the three-point line. Dude, I did so, too. Hey. Yeah, so it's just different. Uh, it's a different sport. It's a different game. You can see it. And I, I was in, see, this is the nerd that I am. I was interested because they shoot so many more threes now and they've grown up with it now, right? We've got a generation that from the day they picked up a ball, there was a three point line. But the interesting thing is the three point percentage really hasn't changed that much over the last 30 years. Go look at it. It just hasn't. Okay. There's a few spikes. 
and valleys. But for the most part, they shoot them about at the same percentage that they did. They just shoot way more of them, uh, which is, you know, everybody can go thank Rick Pitino for that math. Um, it really changed the game of basketball. It really did. But they don't shoot them any better, which is funny to me because I would assume that they did. But, you know, and Steph, you know, I don't know what you can say about him. Exactly. Well, well, I- what he did with the three-point line, those records are going to look like Wayne Gretzky's records when he quit. Wow. They're going to be so far out there that we're going to all be like, wow, really? You know? Who was it the other day? I saw a stat that it, they were comparing Steph to somebody. I can't even remember who it is. But somebody that's playing today, and they said this player would have to hit 12 three-pointers a game for like the next three or the next two seasons to catch Steph Curry. I mean, he's that far ahead of folks, dude. Uh, the the idea that he's ahead of his time is completely understated with Steph. He was so far ahead of his time that I don't think we fully appreciate it yet. Um, and I'm not sure he we will ever because now – the three-point line is, is so in our lexicon and everything else. You know what I mean? That I don't think we're going to really appreciate the jump that we made because of him. You know, you and I know Larry Bird averaged what? A three-pointer and a half a game or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Larry Bird, who we, most of us that know anything, know that he's probably the best three-point shooter I ever saw when it mattered. Um. But he just didn't shoot them. It wasn't the way the game was played. No. And now there's Steph. And Steph just shoots them whenever he wants. So it's, he's really changed the game. And you can see it with a lot of the younger guards. They all have that side step back that everybody has now. Well, that's Steph. Nobody had any of that before him. So I would love to see what any coach from the 80s would do. Let's, let's take somebody everybody know. I want to see what Dean Smith would have said. When Steph started jacking threes, <laughs> wow, uh, dude, it would have been it would have stopped the world. Okay, dude, and again, here we go uh, backtracking. Larry Bird in today, <clears throat> Larry Bird in today's game. How would how successful or would he be successful today? We just saw it, the MVP last year. That's what Larry would look like. Yep. He'd look like Joker, except he'd be a better shooter from three. I mean, because the stuff that Joker does with the ball. You can see it looks like Larry Bird. It really does. And it's funny to me that Larry has kind of gone underappreciated now. And and you see these kids, oh, Larry wouldn't have been able to. Okay. Well, all I know is I watched it, and Larry was killing people. And I was terrified when he had the ball at the end of the game. So. <laughs> And I'm telling you, man, if you uh, if you want to feel old, and I know uh, as again as you came out of the gates telling me today that I'm old, dude. Look, you know, and people have compiled those uh, you know best of Larry Bird, you know, moments and that kind of stuff, dude. Just look how grainy that stuff is, dude. From the from the what early to mid '80s and even late '80s, and it just makes you a it makes you appreciate high definition television today for sure. But it just makes you realize, dude. Uh, Technology not as great uh, back in the uh, '80s as it is today, dude. Absolutely not. And one of the one of the ways you could tell how good somebody was in that era, Larry played like shot a whole second half left-handed once because he was bored. Wow. I mean, think about that. Think about it. that's like Jordan shooting that free throw with no eyes, or with his eyes closed. 
no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably could do it without eyes, too. Okay. Uh, can you hang with us a minute or two into our second half? Yeah, sure. Okay, very good, because we're up against it, and I'm having to do a better job now of – of uh breaking at the end of an hour at the end of the first hour uh because you got all that big money rolling in now <laughs> jason bryant's listening right now I, I know he's rolling his eyes right now going oh yeah big money for sure uh now <laughs> do we do it for love of the game and we're the little show that could okay uh, okay, that's what we're saying. <laughs> that's what we're saying. <laughs> Man, you know what I've loved to and we are up against it, but dude, you've never been afraid. That's what I love about you, dude. You've never been afraid to call BS on me at all, dude. And whereas other people will kind of suck up to me and stuff. Richard Clark does not do that. Okay, that's the end of our first hour. Coming up in our second hour, we're going to have Graham Spear from Perry Management on to talk about the new Biscuitville. A couple more minutes of a Richard Clark Ooh. here on the Brian Hanks Show.